You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. If you notice a difference in the sound quality, um, that is for a reason, and we will get to that. But it is obviously necessary that we start with the most important and um, heartbreaking news of the day, and that is the passing of Mr. Ted Thompson. I think the hardest part about um, when things like this happen is you feel obligated to be able to say something that just blows people away like i mean my words to you have to meet his level of greatness somehow you know like that's 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 just stupid (laughs) there's there's no way i i can't do that um and i remember thinking about that yesterday i remember thinking um you know gutekunst has to go speak about this at some point and, and if I was Gutekunst, what in the world could you even say? The expectations are so high. And, and there, there have been some people that have said some really awesome things. Um, I really love what Andrew Brandt had to say, and I'm going to play some of that audio. Um, and uh, yesterday I was, I was literally I was thinking it might get annoying, but I doubt that it did because they're, they're all so special. But I was retweeting every single shout-out that I could see. All, oh, kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> The feels just hit me there. Um, But seeing all the players and all the people that were grateful that have careers, some better than others, but careers because of Ted Thompson, you know, and and obviously somebody probably would have grabbed some of these guys at some point. But, you know, I mean, the point is the, the I think the most special thing, especially from the players, was when they highlighted what was wrong with them. Um, because there was obviously a lot of things wrong with them, and that was that was one of the things that I think made Ted really special. Um, his ability to evaluate not the really good talent. That's that's the thing that I've said is always different about um, Gutekunst and um, and Thompson. I mean, Gutekunst learned everything he knows from Thompson and guys that have been in that room, and and he, you know he owes him a debt of gratitude for that. And but they're really different styles of guy. I mean, Gutekunst has been great in the early rounds, and, and, you know, I think he needs to develop a little bit more of that later round talent. But, man, there was just nobody better. Now, we used to make fun of Ted because it's like, just skip the first round, man, because you're, you're going to miss. And obviously that's, I mean, he had some, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Kenny Clark and whatnot. But, I mean, just, just his ability to get that, those fourth, I mean, the fourth round is like, this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. You just know it. I mean, David Bakhtiari, uh, Mike Daniels. But that was what was really great. You know, he was able to see through the negative critiques and seeing guys like Mike Daniels, and, and he talked about how he was undersized and, you know, people didn't want him because he was too small. And, and uh, guys like Ted saw through that, and they're like, no, this guy's special. You know, Bakhtiari, his arms are too short. You know, every single year, and I guarantee he's going to say it in the draft again, there's going to be – it's one of my least favorite things ever is, is how many times we hear about these tackles that are really good, but their arms are too short, so they're going to have to play guard. And then David Bakhtiari comes in, and he's like, oh, here's my scouting report. And he does that to show support to these guys. I mean, these are young guys who obviously are crushed by what they're hearing by these draft analysts, these guys that think they know everything, myself included, although I, fortunately I, I know that I don't know anything, so I don't put myself out there that much. So if, you ever hear, if, if you're a football player and you hear me make a take about how I don't like you, don't take that to heart. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's just... I'm just watching football. But, man, Ted really uh, he really saw something in, in, in a lot of these guys, and, and it really came through. I mean, he just he was, he's a special guy, and, and I specifically remember. And it gets to be hard to remember, you know, after a while, because obviously things started to decline. Um, Ted's last couple drafts obviously weren't uh, the greatest ever, and, and that happens. That hap- that's going to happen to everybody. There's going to be a time when Matt LaFleur is not a good coach anymore. I'm hoping that's like 52 years from now roughly. But that's going to happen. I mean, the, the league is going to get away from him. You know, whether it's, you know, he gets old, he gets burned out, the, the league just advances too fast for whatever the case is. Same thing with Brian Gutekunst. You know, one of these days, his drafts are going to start slipping and, and we're going to have to move on. That That's just, that's going to happen to everybody. But I, I do remember, as as boring as the draft was for Packer fans, because we always picked either 30, 31, or 32, um, 
and and usually we traded back. I mean, there was we never did anything exciting. Nobody ever talked about the Packers when we did draft stuff because obviously they're not taking a quarterback, and that's all the media cares about. They they'll spend fifty three percent of the time when they talk about the draft talking about the quarterbacks. I remember a couple years ago when there weren't really any quarterbacks. They're like, this draft sucks. It was a great draft. It was the draft that uh, had all the the edge rushers. You know, Rashawn Gary and Bosa and all those guys. It was a great draft. But they're like, oh, this draft is boring because there's no quarterbacks. But that's just the way it is, right? You never hear about the Packers because nobody cares because they draft late. They try. They trade back. They don't get any flashy players. They don't get wide receivers and all that stuff. They're going to get, you know, a, a tackle or something. But even in the midst of that, e- even though. People didn't like to cover the Packers because it was boring. They all said the Packers are a great drafting team. When 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 draft analysts talked about GMs, when they talked about teams that really get it right, they talked about Ted Thompson. And again, that that changed over time. I mean, it's similar to you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers. The media was in love with them, and then they fell out of love with them at some point. But I mean, the, the Packers in general, starting with Ron Wolf, had a legacy of doing it the right way and really sticking to that and just really being the gold standard when it comes to how to do it the right way. And and Ted Thompson carry on, carried on that legacy. But again, that's that's the fan perspective. That's, you know, looking at it and saying, wow, you know, I mean, the the, the most, I've said when we brought in Gutekunst, the most important thing, it's not even Aaron Rodgers. As much as he is probably the biggest reason that we're going to win this season, the biggest thing is having a great GM and a great head coach. The ability to to find talent and to know how to use that talent is is everything. It's everything that there is. I mean, talent is going to come into the league and they're going to go somewhere. You just got to be the one to make sure that it's unevenly distributed, that it's not just a random draw. That's how some teams stay at the top and some teams stay at the bottom. Get the right GM and the right head coach in your set. It's not a coincidence when I say that the Packers have been one of the best teams in football my entire lifetime. It's because they've had two GMs that have made sure that they've kept it that way. We have a third now that's that's gotten us to the NFC Championship game twice with the help of a great coach that the GM and Murphy helped to hire. There's a legacy and there's a tradition here, but I, I, I don't want to just dismiss it as there's a rule book and, and Ted Thompson followed that rule book. It's beyond that. It's part of the reason why I loved some of the stories that I had heard. And, you know, Greg Jennings was one of them. He reached out and uh, on Twitter and, you know, something to the effect of, hey, thanks for, for taking a chance on me. And Andrew Brandt popped up and he's like, man, you have no idea. Ted Thompson had been planning for weeks that we got to get this guy. For weeks, he said, that's our guy. We have to get him. And the entire group was sworn to secrecy. I mean, there, there's a general rule book, and you can learn all you want from Ted, but he had a gift. You know, when he drafted Aaron Rodgers, and, and I'm going to play that audio, but hearing the story about that, and, and when I hear fans re-remember it, it sounds like some of them remember it wrong. You know, when we try to make parallels to Jordan Love, a lot of people are like, that's stupid. Every, everybody knew that that was an obvious pick. Everybody hated that pick. Everybody in the building, everybody outside of the building, but he stuck to what he knew was the right thing to do to build teams. It was not a no-brainer pick. If it was a no-brainer pick, he never would have fell to the Packers. Every other team passed for the same reason the Packers were supposed to pass. They didn't need one. Anyway, so let me just play this in its entirety. This is what Andrew Brandt had to say. It's two minutes long, but we're, I'm just going to play it because it really just goes to, again, as I said, just this was just this was his life. This is what he did, and he stuck by his convictions, and, and we are all massively indebted to Ted Thompson. I mean, uh, you know, I I'd mentioned, and, and a lot of people get mad, you know, well, you wasted Aaron Rodgers years and all this stuff. Again, if, if all you are is stuck on win a Super Bowl or this has been a waste, you're going to be miserable. Every team in history is going to be miserable. Every fan base in history is going to be miserable. Well, not Patriots fans. Yes, Patriots fans. Patriots fans right now are, should be jumping off bridges. It's probably going to be a while before they win another Super Bowl. It might be 10, 20 years. It could be next year. I don't know, you know, if they get Deshaun Watson or something. But the point is, though, I mean, if we're being honest and if we get out of this mindset and, and this entitled, spoiled mentality that we should have won more Super Bowls, which is nonsense. Statistically, you should win a Super Bowl once every 32 years. Shut up. If we got what we deserved, what was fair, what was right, 
we wouldn't be in the playoffs every single year. The fact of the matter is, if, if you've been able to enjoy being a Packers fan, the, the highs and the lows, the excitement, the, the quality play, everything we've seen from Aaron Rodgers, and just all the, all the guys that, that gave shout-outs, it's just they're all flashbacks. I mean, Charles Woodson, that was Ted Thompson. Again, Mike Daniels, how much did you enjoy that guy? Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, these teams that you just, you just fell in love with these players. That's Ted Thompson, man. He brought us that, and it's not him alone. There's a lot of other people involved in it, but he was the main man behind the scenes that gave us decades of joy, including today. We would not be here today if not for Ted Thompson. This podcast would be about some team that's been out of the play, that never made it to the playoffs. If we had half the league's other GMs, any one of those other GMs that passed on Aaron Rodgers, if they were our GM, they would have passed because we have, as Andrew's about to say here as soon as I can stop talking, a talented and extremely durable quarterback that has no plans of leaving anytime soon. Anyways, here's Andrew. Just some thoughts on Ted Thompson. What a loss, you know, the Packers. When I first started there in 1999, Ron Wolf brings me down to this office, says, sit here, and I'm sitting next to this guy, this white-haired guy named Ted Thompson. He was never there because they're always scouting. When he was there, he didn't say much. And then he left for Seattle. He came back as general manager. He told me right away, we're not going to sign free agents, although a year later, we signed a free agent, turned to be one of the best free agents in the history of the sport, Charles Woodson, to run deep, one defensive player of the year. Ted was a scout at heart. He was most comfortable in that dark room watching film or bird dogging a player to college campus. He was all about bringing in players. He was never about himself. He was so selfless. Everything was about the team. Didn't want any credit. And then there was that fateful night. You know, we picked Aaron and my coaches, our coaches on the right of me were like, no, Andrew, we can't do this. We can't take a player that's not gonna help us now and maybe not next year, maybe never. And on the other side was Ted, and Ted said, Andrew, what do we always say? We say, trust the board, and the board is saying, that's the guy, Rodgers, we take him. Yes, we have the most durable quarterback in the history of the sport. Yes, it's the last position we need, but let's take him. Let's trust our scouts. Let's trust the board, and we did. And we took a lot of slings and arrows about Aaron, and no one ever thought we'd turn the team over to him. Even when we did, they thought we'd get a stopgap for a year or two, but Ted was always like, that's our guy, we're going there. We're going with Aaron and so many other picks that Ted made that he was convicted about, whether it's Greg Jennings or A.J. Hawk or so many of these guys, even Mason Crosby, when our special teams coaches were begging for some other kicker, he had a conviction about Mason. He's a loss, you know, he was a disciplined guy, he was in bed by 8.30, you know, I had to do my free agent signings at night, you know, trust my instincts. But he's a loss, you know, he has contributed so much to this team, which is now hosting the NFC Championship game on Sunday. So let's win it for Ted. He's kind of soft-spoken, so it's hard to get the volume up anymore. But again, um, we got to stop trying to diminish Ted. It wasn't a no-brainer pick. Nothing is a no-brainer pick. There's always people in the room screaming at you, that's not who I want, that's not what we should be doing. And I think Aaron Rodgers was at the top of that list. That's not the guy. Why are we doing this? I mean, it's. I mean, look. I don't. I don't want to drag this into an, uh, a Jordan Love discussion. I don't want to hijack uh, Ted Thompson's segment. But there's clear parallels, and and I don't mean again not looking into the Jordan Love thing, but looking backward. That's how much respect we need to have for Ted. As much as we look at this, as much as the media is laughing and saying this is stupid, it was the same then, and he stood up and he said, you know what. That's the guy. So, look, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and just bash on people that have been anti-Ted Thompson. You're allowed to have that take. It's going to be a real bad day for me if, if Kevin King dies before I do. I'm praying I die before he does because, man, I'm going to have a lot of, lot of, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be rough. I mean, it, there, look, there's a difference between having a football take and uh, how you feel about a human being, you know? So, again, I don't want to sit here and just bash on people. Granted, if you're if you're saying that today, that's that's kind of that's kind of stupid. Don't don't do that. But I mean, regardless of uh, whether Ted were still here or not, he's always been deserving of respect. He's always gotten respect, rightfully so. And again, I, I think because everybody's so now focused, nobody has the ability to remember, you know, maybe be on the tip of their nose for the most part these days. It's kind of pathetic. 
I won't delve us into a political discussion, but it's pretty easy to see the parallels of what I'm talking about. Nobody remembers much of anything, you know, beyond what happened within the last hour. But, I mean, there, there, were, there were years and years and years of, of everybody. I mean, Bears fans, Vikings fans, and, you know, NFL personalities, everybody knew that Ted Thompson was the standard when it came to drafting. This, the Green Bay Packers were a very good drafting team. That, that just rolled off the tongue. Everybody just knew that. It wasn't, it wasn't a debated topic. And Ted was at the helm when they said the Packers draft well. They're talking about Ted. And then the uh, the, the final thing that I wanted to say, and I, it always it always sucks having to move on because it's it's such a big thing, you know. You feel guilty transitioning, but um, the final thing is is win for Ted. I'm not knocking anybody for saying it. I I, I actually love seeing it from some people, but I I'm I'm not personally going to be saying that. And the only reason I say that is I. I don't want to put that on the players, and the players are putting it on themselves. I mean, I just read Kevin King was on here um, giving his thanks to Ted Thompson, and uh, he said, this one's for you. So obviously they're putting it on themselves. I just, point is, win, lose, or draw, it doesn't diminish Ted Thompson. Not even a little bit. I mean, if, if they win a Super Bowl, it's because of Ted Thompson and Brian Gutekunst and, and others, but no question without Ted, we don't win a Super Bowl. But even if they lose, that doesn't make his legacy any less. And I don't want the players who are going to be devastated as it is to carry all that weight because part of everything that makes this feel so special is going to make it feel all that much more painful if we lose. It's going to be beyond just a crushing defeat. Last year was just a defeat. It was just a team that lost to a team that was better than them. And it sucked because we just really wanted it and we didn't get it and that that hurt. You know, you invested an entire year into this and you wanted it and it didn't happen and we got another year. There's so much more to this season. There's so much special about this season. We haven't seen this version of Aaron Rodgers. We may never see it again. We may never, you know, even Aaron Rodgers says, I don't know if I'm going to get here again. It's sort of a, a, a throwback. It has a feel of, of one more year, you know. Even uh, the, the desperation from the GM going all in, is, is it's to the point of making me nervous, you know. I mean, I had talked about how, don't worry, we're going to be fine, and they're not going to give away all the good players, but... You know, and maybe I'm just I'm, I'm overthinking it, but part of me is just like, man, I mean, the, the, the abject desperation from Brian Gutekunst to win this year, it just makes you nervous. Like, they understand that this probably isn't going to happen again. It's it's sort of a not, I mean, it's similar to what the, the Saints have been doing with Drew Brees. Well, why? Well, because Drew Brees is done. He's gone. Uh, but, you, you know, you add in David Bakhtiari and how crushing that is how badly they want it. You add in Mercedes Lewis, who we don't talk about. I mean, this is probably his last year playing football ever. And now you got Ted Thompson. It, it's just the, the again, it, it feels like everything's on our side, but but that exact feeling is going to make this just devastating. And, and the Packers lost. It's going to, I just, I don't want it to be more than being upset that their accomplishments didn't get them to where they wanted to be. They shouldn't have to feel any more or more upset than about the fact that they earned it and they couldn't quite get there. They shouldn't feel guilt at all, and I, I don't want them to. But I will say it, it's special seeing, especially, you know, players on other teams. Casey Hayward, he's not a Packer. I mean, I'm, I'm sure playoff teams aren't going to be doing it, obviously, but seeing other players and other teams now rallying around the Packers because Ted Thompson and, and, and again, just, you know, guys that are having great, you know, Casey Hayward is a guy that's having a great career on another team, largely because Ted Thompson saw something in him. Again, somebody else would have drafted him, but it was Ted that Ted that wanted him. Ted that believed in him the most and has been proven right. And to see guys like Casey who have invested years in another team saying win for Ted, you know, there are, there are players all around the country that are going to be watching this game with, with different eyes these, this, you know, this coming weekend with, with heavy hearts just, you know, really, really cheering on the Green Bay Packers to win it all. And that, that's just that's a special feeling. And they're rallying around the fan base. They're rallying around the team. They're rallying around Ted. Because at the end of the day, there's there's football, but then there's that, that thing that's bigger, you know? These guys, they look around at their families and their homes and, and everything that they have, and they realize that a lot of that is because some, some guy, some, some white-haired dude who was sitting in a dark room watching film, um, watched you play football and, and said, this guy's special and I want him to be a Green Bay Packer. That's why you have what you have. And... Um, I mean, he's he's not 
Mike McCarthy. He's not your defensive coordinator. He's not the guy that interacted with you every single day, and I'm sure he's not a guy that people think about all that much, you know, because he 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 invests so much time in you, watching you, studying you. He's the one that believed in you. He's the one that reached out. He's the one that pounded the table and said, that's my guy. And then he just disappears into the sunset. You don't see him. He's not walking down to the field going, hey, remember me? I picked you. No, he went back into his dark room and he found the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. Because somebody stood in the middle of the room and said, nope, not that guy, not that guy, this guy. It's one of those things that simultaneously it's football, but it's also bigger than football at the exact same time. They don't usually overlap, right? There's there's the football thing, and then there's outside of football. You know, a, a, a player that's a division rival. I hate that guy. That's football. Somebody in his family passes away, and your heart goes out to him. That's that's real life. That's that's We're shutting off football. We're looking at real life. They're complete polar opposite things. And then when he gets back on the field, you turn off the other thing, you turn back, I hate this guy again, right? Not really. It's just football talk. I don't hate any of these guys. There's some I very much dislike, yes one of which apparently has a knee injury and may not be playing in this game, boo-hoo. But this is one of those areas where it, it just overlaps. And there is a personal side to it, especially with Ted Thompson. You know, for some guys, it's all just football. If you're a good player, we want you here. I don't care about your personality so much. Ted cared. And, it, and for some Packer fans, that, that annoyed us. Yeah, he's a little rougher on the edges, whatever. He's a football player, dude. Just get him. No. Who you are as a human being matters in Green Bay. There's a culture here, and that matters. And, and that's carried on to Brian Gutekunst. Your character as a human being matters. And he wanted to sit down and, and, and every again, everybody does, but it's for, for to varying degrees and for different reasons, right? I, I mentioned how many times I'm annoyed at the process to get Matt LaFleur involved, his personality, and that's all they wanted to talk about. Like, dude, I don't care. I'm glad he's a nice guy, but I mean, we got to win football. Can he win football games or not? But that matters. There's a, there's a, there's a culture here that is to be respected. And we've had some very, very good people that have been able to be Packers fans, people that we can all be proud of. So, I mean, I, I have no doubt that, that the amount of focus that this team is going to have is going to be amplified, and I think that's great. And, of course, I hope that they go out with an extra bit of fire. But, um, you know, I mean, they don't, they're the best team in football. Again, you want to, I as a podcast, I want to put the words out to exemplify who we are. I can't do that. The Packers want to go out and be something more just to, to do it for Ted. Again, the record speaks for itself. There's nothing I can say that isn't just laid out there in his Wikipedia that, that tells you everything you need to know about the guy. His resume, it's just, it's impeccable. He doesn't need me to add anything to it, and, and it's the same for the Packers. Just being who you are is everything that we need to know about the greatness of Ted Thompson. This team is in, incredible. That's a testament to him. Anyways, why don't we take a break? So one good thing about the ads is they kind of provide a little bit of a buffer here so that I don't have to do the job of finding out how to transition out of this. But we will take a break right here, and uh, we'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So getting back to the audio quality, um, assuming you can notice a difference, and I'm hoping it doesn't sound too bad. There's a bunch of settings on here and whatnot. Um I want you to hear my voice and not the background noise and trying to find that is uh, 
tricky. So um, let me know what you think, and I can try to play with this a little bit. It's hard to tell because I'm next, next to the noise, and I got this thing cranked all the way up so I can hear every little thing in my house. But, um, I mean, you want to talk about an emotional roller coaster. There's, there's the Ted Thompson news, which is big. Um, but then there have been people that have supported me personally. And I, let me just start off by saying this. If you're a either currently or planning to be a content creator of some kind at some point, and this is, this is sort of 2021 content creation 101. Um, and I, I may have mentioned this before, but one of the reasons advertisers pay podcasters a lot more money than, let's say, websites or even YouTube is because there's a personal touch to it. If your podcast doesn't have a personal touch to it, you're not doing it right. That's the entire allure of it. Um, so you, you need to be interacting with people um, because that's, that's kind of what this whole game is about. This isn't AM radio, you know, it's, it's, it's different. It's a different deal here. And of course, now we got the furnace going. So I'm sure there's some background noise. I apologize. It's one of the many joys of winter, extra noise, cold, it's nonsense. Winter is, should be banished. Maybe I wonder if Biden can sign an executive order on that one. By the way, turns out uh, Biden's a Packer fan. I don't know if you saw that. I don't know if he was just, I, I didn't hear the question. So maybe it was somebody asking about the Packers and he was just playing it up. Or if he was just asked, you know, about, it would be much more impressive if he was asked about, you know, just the playoffs in general. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Packer fan. Anyways, getting sidetracked. You know, it, it sounds weird because I, I beg for money literally every day. But I, I have been kind of blown away by the generosity over the years. And it, it kind of blew up, right? I mean, when I first started the podcast, I had, uh, I was just talking into a microphone. And, and I knew a lot of people were listening. But nobody really reached out. And then, you know, I got the first couple messages um saying how much they appreciated the show and how, how great it was. And I'm, you know, running around showing my wife, look at this, this guy likes the show, it's crazy. And the the amount of times people have gone above and beyond is kind of ridiculous, right? I, I like the plan of a buck a month, right? I, I, I feel comfortable asking for that as much as it's it's weird to, to beg for money. I, I basically am a street performer. I was going to say panhandler, but the panhandlers don't give you anything. I'm, I'm like a street performer. I'll play a song for you. You throw a buck in my guitar case, and we'll call it even. But um, the amount of times people have gone above and beyond that, and it just it makes me feel so ridiculously guilty because it's like, I don't know how to thank you for this. I don't know what to do. I just wanted a dollar. <laughs> that's, that's it. You know, there's thousands of listeners. You all give a buck a month. We're good. We talked about this. That's the plan. And, you know, there's options for five and ten. You, you can go to bigger denominations, and that'll that'll be greatly helpful. Whatever it is you can do personally. But uh, yesterday I saw, because of my complaining about my computer, that um, one of my loyal listeners, and I can say that about literally hundreds of people at this point, the amount of people that I interact with regularly and have been around for a long time, and I've I get gotten to know them on a first-name basis, but uh, Jeremy is... He heard the complaining about the computer, which I promise is not me begging. I, I just, again, I, 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 the podcast needs to have a personal touch to it. And so I tell you everything. And some people get annoyed by that, but it's just, it's what I do. You know, computer sucks. I walk around the house with a knife because I thought I heard footsteps. And I don't have a will. So, anyways. <laughs> I don't know. I just say stuff. You guys are like family, friends, and a therapist all rolled up into one. And I, I can't see any of your faces, but uh, it's been good hanging out. But Jeremy heard the complaining and, and started to go fund me. And instantly I was overwhelmed with guilt. Like, dude, don't, don't, just don't. It's fine. I can save for one. I'll get one eventually. Come on, man. But he did. And um, I would be remiss not to say thank you for that. Uh, beyond that, I see the people donating and it's like, you know, I know these people. I know you don't have a job, dude. Or not a good one. I had one of the anonymous donors and I'll keep them anonymous because they made themselves anonymous. But they reached out to me. Does not have a job. Gave money. Like, don't do that. I have a job. You don't have, don't give me stuff, dude. You keep that. You need that. I woke up this morning. I had a message from JJ. First thing I do in the morning, I, I check my phone. Because there's a billion notifications every minute. So there's a ton there. And there's always, you know, there's going to be good stuff. Stuff on Twitter, stuff on Instagram, all kinds of messages. There's always goodies there. But JJ uh, told me, you better check that, uh, that GoFundMe. Somebody had given a $400 donation toward that. It was anonymous. I don't know who it is, but again, just I have to take time to say thank you. I know you want to hear about the Bucks. I know you don't care. But that's the thing. That's that, In my mind, that's what this is. Shut up and talk football. And that's what I do. You like it. I get 
some gratification out of it because I get to talk about the Packers and I get a little money out of it. But then why are people doing so much for me <laughs> if that's all it is? And so for the 95% of you that are the shut up and talk football monkey crowd, I hear you. We're going to get there. But I, I have to say thank you to the people that go above and beyond because it's so wildly unnecessary. On top of all that, I had a very good friend reach out. I'm torn on whether I should be too specific because I don't know if they had permission or not. <laughs> but I know their financial situation. It's similar to mine. It's okay. It's not great. You know, we're, we're, we're working our way up. But um, basically got a message like, hey, I want you to go drive an hour away to a Best Buy and uh, pick up this microphone and I'm going to give you money. And so he just threw a pile of money at me and I drove and got this new microphone and it's sweet. So um, it's been a bit emotional for me the last 24 hours between Ted and just, again, I, 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 my brain doesn't know how to compute this stuff because I'm, I'm not wired that way. I mean, my family, we, we, we save a little bit of the podcast money every single month. And then on Christmas Day, we take that money and we give it to charities. We come up with our charities that we like and we do give. But it's, it's planned, you know. It's got to be in the budget. Everything is structured and, you know, we, do, we don't do things we can't afford. We probably don't give as much as, we, you know, we don't give until it hurts. And to see people doing that that I know can't do that, it's like, don't, please don't, don't, don't hurt yourself for me. That's crazy. I'm good, man. Computer sucks, fine, whatever, it's fine, I'll work my way through it. But um, the bottom line is that it's, it's such a special community, it really is. The, the, the Packers fan base is um, it's a special group of people, and that, that's coming from somebody who is the biggest introvert in the world. I don't do well around people. I don't like it, I don't like talking to people. It sounds weird with a podcast, there's actually a lot of introverts that do podcasts, it's, it's a weird, I don't know exactly how that works in our brains, but this is not an interaction. This is all that pent-up stuff in my brain that I can't get out because I don't talk to people. Just being unleashed, like in my basement by myself. And you just happen to be hearing it because it's being recorded and sent out. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know how introverts' brains work. But um, even for somebody that is not a people person, I've got like two friends. I'm good with that. I don't ever need to leave the house. I don't ever want to leave the house. It's good to see family once in a while, but otherwise... I'm good, but e even I, I'm kind of sitting back like, man, I, I love this Packers community so much. I really do. Like, do I want to get together and, like, hang out? Probably not, but maybe maybe someday we'll do it once. But um, anyways, we, we got to move on because, again, the, the majority of the people listening are really tired of me talking about this. But, again, I had to take some time to say thank you because it's just, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I have no, I don't know what it is. You tell me what it is. What What is that? What? Why does that happen? I mean, if you're that person that won... The jackpot in Maryland? Cool. 400 bucks is reasonable. In fact, it's a little cheap, sir. Or ma'am. I don't know. Outside of that, though, I don't, I don't really have words for it. But uh, we'll, we'll go with thank you. And um, unfortunately, we're going to have to call it even at that point. I got nothing else for you. I'll do a podcast today and tomorrow and forever. Now we're paid up. Okay. I'm glad I got a really early start today. Um, I knew that this was going to take a while. Um, with the TED stuff and everything else, so I got an early jump, which means we have time to uh, delve in to the uh, to the Tampa Bay thing, and, and I don't have to cut this off in the next five minutes. So I've had several requests and questions and whatnot. Um, they're escaping me at this moment, and I apologize. If you had a question, um, just, just hit me with it again. But one of the questions that was sent out is um, the halftime statistics. For example, um, if you're winning at half or losing at half or whatever, um, I talked about for the Rams and the Packers that basically when uh, when the teams are winning at halftime, it's it's kind of game over. However, losing at halftime, the Rams have uh, basically, I don't know, is it basically or is it straight up? They've never won. I don't remember. But it's, it's pretty much whatever it is at halftime is what the final is going to be when it comes down to the Sean McVay Rams. The problem with Tampa Bay is there's a brand new team this year. So I kind of just am looking at 2020 um, from what I can see here, the record when they are losing at halftime is three and five. The one time it was tied at halftime, they won. That was the Carolina game. They won that 46 to 23. They were losing in the first quarter by seven. They tied it up in the second. They went up by 12 in the third and then ended with a 23 point lead. Um, that does mean that they are undefeated when they lead at halftime. So, um, I, I, I am curious if we go through this, 
I mean, is is that the norm? Like, do teams just very rarely lose when they're leading at halftime? Because that's now the Rams that basically never lose when they're leading at halftime. The Packers don't lose when they're leading at halftime. The Bucks. I mean, it's, again, it's just one year, but we're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight times. Now, granted, these are pretty commanding leads by halftime. There is the one game um, again, Carolina. They, they it was zero. The smallest lead they've had outside of that at halftime is 11 points. They've had 11 points against uh, Minnesota, the Raiders, 13 against Denver and Atlanta. They had an 18-point lead against Green Bay, 21-point lead against Carolina, 34-point lead against Detroit at halftime. So maybe that's the norm, but but again, it kind of comes down to the, the team that's winning at halftime is the odds are pretty stacked in their favor. And again, you kind of like that for the Packers because they're a very good second-quarter team. Interestingly enough, that's kind of similar to Tampa Bay. However, um, so Tampa's best quarter is also the second quarter. However, they're also a very good fourth-quarter team. So watch out in the second quarter because that's going to be uh, – that's when most of these teams are, are – are, these two teams really tend to blow up. So, again, it, it's – it's I don't want to declare the game over at halftime. And, man, wouldn't that just – make it even, you know, more special if, <laughs> if Packers are down at halftime and they're the one team that's that finds the will to come back and, and win the game. But I'd, I'd be fine if that doesn't happen. If, if they just have a lead, maintain a lead, win comfortably, that would be that would be fine. I'd, I'd like this to be a special game the way the Raiders game when Brett Favre lost his dad was special. That wasn't special because of a close game. That was It was special because it was just pure dominance all the way through. <laughs> That'd be nice. So anyways, there's the answer to that question. If we do our uh, little correlation game that I like to do, the offensive score, hello there, Furnace, there is a direct correlation between offensive score and uh, winning and losing, which I always love when that happens because it just gives you a real dark defined line. The line for Tampa Bay is 25 points. Now, it's not going to be easy to keep them under 25 points. This is a talented offense. However, they have never lost a game this year when they've scored 25 points, not once. They have never won a game when they've scored less than 20, 25 points. And really, if you look at what the Packers have done recently, uh, it's not easy getting to 25 points against the Packers. That hasn't happened since uh, Week 12 against the Bears. They got exactly 25 points. The last time somebody got over that was was the Colts at 34 but 16 to the Eagles, 24 to the Lions, 16 to the Panthers, 14 to Tennessee, 16 to the Bears, 18 to the Rams. So, again, not going to be easy to keep Tom Brady and this Bucks offense under 25. Not going to be easy for the Bucks to get to 225 based on, again, what the Packers defense has been doing recently, which is just blowing my mind. So, again, these are just little markers to keep an eye on. Again, halftime is a big deal. 25 points is a big deal. Remember that, that score total keep that in mind. Defensively, it's not as defined. Again, obviously, the, the offense's production seems to be the win-or-lose factor for this team. But if I were to draw a line, it would be at 27 points. When a team reaches 27 or more points, they're 3-4. and four. Now, there's another sort of, there, there's a no-man's land here because the next lowest beneath 27 points is 23. So 24, 5, and 6, I don't know what happened. But 23 or less, they are 10-1. and one. So that's the other side of the coin, right? Um, it's not as big of a deal because the, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can still win if we get to 30 points, right? The Chargers scored 31 and Tampa scored 38. Tampa won that game. So the, the main factor here is keep them under 25. The other side of the coin, though, is score 27 or more. And both of these things seem to be attainable for the Packers. It's a big, it's a big hill to climb on both accounts. But, I mean, again, just look at what they've done recently. We're asking them to allow less than 25 and score more than 27. Um, I mean, they scored 32 against the number one defense in football, arguably. 35 against the Bears, good defense. 40 against Tennessee. They did only get 24 against the Panthers. But again, even the defense in that game allowed 16, so that still qualifies. Before that, you had the Detroit Lions, 31. I mean, these all of these games would meet the qualifications with the exception of Carolina, but that's, again, even the defense meets that qualification. You'd have to go back to the Colts game before it, it doesn't quite qualify, right? The Bears game, while well, they reach 25, okay, tell you what, if we get to 41, I think we're good. I think we can throw the 25 rule out the window if we get to 41 points. I mean, maybe not. They've scored more than that four times. They're kind of crazy. 
But I feel confident enough in our defense that if we get to 41, we're good. Some general numbers if you're uh, super psychotic and want to just keep track of every single thing. Um, Benchmark number for the passing offense, 263 yards. We'll call it 250 because, again, there's no man's land in there. So if if Tom Brady crosses the 250 passing yards mark, that's getting to be dicey territory. They're 9-1 when he's done that. Rushing yards, you're looking at, uh, let me move this over here, uh, 107. Kind of a random number, but um, you could say 100 yards, but we're throwing a loss in there. 107 and above, they are undefeated. They have, they're 8-0. They're 5-5 five and five when they have 106 or less. They had 106 against the Bears and lost that game. We could just say roughly 100 yards is, is kind of a big benchmark. Turnovers are a big deal. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have never lost a game when they didn't turn the ball over. And that's not a small amount of times. We're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times they didn't turn the ball over. They won all of those games. The Packers, the Saints, the Lions, the Vikings, Raiders, Broncos, Falcons. Uh, that's it. However, even one turnover, and they're six and five. So they're, they're a, I mean, that's a big swing. It really is. I mean, that that's a team that sounds like they're operating on razor-thin margins when one turnover breaks you that much. Beyond that, two turnovers or more, they're one and four. So, I mean, turnovers are big for every team in every game. There's no question about it. I mean, the Saints lost because they turned the ball over so much. What was it, four turnovers? I mean, come on, duh. You just don't win when you turn over the, when the turnover margin is 4-0. That doesn't happen. I should look that up if that's ever. I'm not going to do that today, but I'm curious if somebody's ever had a four-turnover deficit in one thing. I'm sure somebody has. But, again, that's a big one. There's, there's so many never-happens in this game, which is kind of nice because there's so many things that you could see the Packers doing. Like, get one turnover, and you got a real good shot. Like, I feel like we're going to get a turnover. Keep them under 25. Like, that's, we could do that. Score more than 27. We could totally do that. Uh, defensively, yardage, there's not a whole lot here. Um, I guess you could say we got to get over 184, which is not a huge mark, although the Packers threw for 107 yards, which is the least anyone's done against their defense ever, which again just goes to show how ridiculous that game was. The worst offense they faced all year was the Packers, which happens to be the number one. Give me a break. Get out of my face. But 5-0 and if you don't get to 185. After that, it's all kind of dicey. So again, just a relatively low bar that says if you're not over this mark, your offense is just garbage and you're going to lose. After that, it's kind of up in the air because it's not super defined. Rushing yards, there's, there's basically no correlation. Chicago Bears uh, ran for 35 yards and beat Tampa Bay. <laughs> so, again, it's important. It's an important factor based on how the offense operates and just as a general sign that things are working well. So I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but but there isn't a strong correlation between running well against Tampa and beating Tampa. Uh, defensive turnovers, surprisingly, not a huge correlation here. They get a ton, which sucks for Tampa because it's like, man, if there was a stronger correlation here, you would win. There's only been two games they've played all year with no turnovers. I think this is almost the same as the Rams. The Rams, I think, only had one or two games with no turnovers, and the Packers did not turn the ball over. They've had two games against the the Falcons and the Saints. Week 1 and Week 15 are the only two games with no turnovers. The last time against the Packers, two turnovers, 2-0, two to zero, which, again, hard to win that game. But, again, not a huge, super strong correlation here. I mean, with no turnovers, they're 1-1, one and one, and everything else is just... I mean, they won both games where they got four turnovers, so there's that. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But again, the the, the the biggest benchmarks that I'm going to say in this game, first of all, get a halftime lead. Uh, I, again, maybe that's every team, and I just never really realized how important that is, that coming back with a halftime deficit is just something that doesn't happen very much in the NFL. Or maybe these are just three teams that operate that way. Again, small sample size for Tampa, but they've never lost a game where they are uh, not losing at halftime. So zero or greater at halftime, they're undefeated. But I believe the Packers are too. So, again, it's important. 25 points. Don't let them get to 25. 27 points. Get above that. Get a turnover. Get a turnover. They've never lost a game when they didn't turn the ball over. They're basically a mediocre 8-8 team when they turn the ball over even once. Get a turnover. That's it. Those are the biggest takeaways just based on what I've seen for the year. Um, I do want to quickly look at the injury report. I didn't talk about that yesterday. Let's talk about it. There is just a lot of really good news. Um, there were a lot of limiteds, but nobody didn't practice. Uh, we're talking about Wednesday. Uh, Chris Barnes, Mason Crosby, A.J. Dillon, Kingsley Kiki, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, Zadarius Equinemius, Rick Wagner, Jamal Williams, all limited. Will Redmond was full participant, limited on Thursday. But, I mean, a lot of this is, is actually really good news. Um, 
as much as you hate to see anybody on the injury report, A.J. Dillon practicing in a limited fashion is fantastic. It's a great sign for his availability. Kingsley Kiki being back on the list. I had mentioned how uh, he was the highest-graded player on our defense last time. Not that that's really impressive. That was more to, to highlight how bad everybody was. But it's great to have him. I mean, he, he has been uh, one of the better, more promising guys on, on the defense. I mean, at least in terms of who's that one X factor that you didn't really expect much from that's kind of stepping up. It's probably Kingsley. I think he's a fifth-round pick. You know, it's one of those guys you really like in the draft because you get hyped about everybody. But after a while, it's like, yeah, he's probably not going to do much. And then he kind of starts popping off a little bit. It's like, all right, here we go. All right, young man. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know what his ceiling is. Again, he's not A.J. Dillon. He's not Rashawn Gary. He's not Darnell Savage in terms of being a physical freak. So there is a physical limitation. But, you know, Zadarius is not a physical freak. I mean, he, obviously, he's compared to a normal human being he is. But, I mean, he wasn't like a first-round pick. He's just one of those guys that just really figured it out and, and has just done a great job at mastering the position and also found some coaches that know how to utilize his specific talents just perfectly. So I don't I don't want to put a cap on, on a guy like Kingsley, just like you shouldn't put a cap on guys like David Bakhtiari and Mike Daniels and, and Tremont Williams, you know. Tremont shouldn't have been much of anything. He certainly has been a lot of something over the years. He's made a great career out of uh, being a guy that not a lot of people had a lot of faith in. But uh, great to see that the, everybody's feeling good. Mason hopefully is good to go. Um, you know, I, I don't know exactly how that all plans out. I mean, it's a shoulder injury, so it's it's not his leg. That's not to, to minimize it. Obviously, you have to go out and there's a whole body motion with kicking, and if you can't really turn your your arm or whatever, if it's like broken, you obviously can't kick. But the point is, I feel like everybody's good to go. Mercedes Lewis did not practice on Thursday. He was the one who uh, did not participate, but that I believe is going to be, I mean, he's listed as a knee injury, but that's every single week he has a, a day or two where he doesn't play for veteran rest reasons. They want him to be healthy and, and all that kind of good stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's looking fairly full strength. I, mean, I don't want to get too cocky. I mean, Dave, David Bakhtiari obviously got hurt during practice. Anything can happen. But um, feeling real good about it. Um, it. It just seems like it's going to be a no-excuses game. You know, I mean, the, the the gang's all there. Go out and execute. I believe they are the better team. Not to minimize. Um, somebody kind of came at me on uh, YouTube for whatever reason and mentioned that I'm too critical of other teams and too optimistic about the Packers. And I kind of laid out a case that I don't necessarily believe that's the case. But I, it probably does come off that way sometimes. I feel like I'm, I'm primarily my job here is addressing negative Packer fans. So yes, I, I do tend to pull back in the direction of, no, 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 the Packers are really good. And no, they're not that good as far as the other teams. But I, I, I will give credit where it's due. I mean, we went through the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think there are some guys that are underrated. And I think there are some guys that are overrated. That's just the reality. I mean, I wanted the Packers to get Shaquille Barrett because I saw what he was doing in Denver. And that was a great pickup for them. I mean, again, he's he's got his deficiencies. He's not a great overall well-rounded guy but if you're looking for a guy to just fire off the edge and get a billion pressures that's your guy but again I mean I I genuinely believe that this is the better team I I don't think their defense has what it takes to shut down this offense at full capacity you know when this offense is operating the way it needs to operate obviously if they come out flat it's a different story but again at full strength with this thing just wide open um this is the Packers game all day. I mean, it's just, it just is. Again, that's just, that's just the analytical side of looking at the two sides and saying, you know, it's just, it's just not a great matchup. And it's not to say I'm not scared of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I said, when we played the Rams, I didn't want to be too cocky, but the bottom line is I felt the Rams were a bump in the road. And really I was worried about Tampa and I still am. I I, I worry that if they can shut down the run, that throws a wrench in everything and it, it snowballs from there. But again, this this is a better team, and, and they've become so diverse in, in what they're able to do, and I just think that they're going to be able to, if you if you focus too much on one thing, they're going to hurt you. You have to be able to do everything. And I don't know that they can necessarily do everything. But again, it's going to require that guys step up. Guys like Alan Lazard, Tunyon, I mean, same as, same as we saw last week. Everybody got involved a little bit. We saw EQ get a big pass. We saw Tunyon with a couple clutch, I mean, he didn't take over the game, but he had some clutch catches, and he was fired up. We saw Lazard get mixed in, a heavy dose of Devontae. The running backs got going. Everybody had their part. Everybody did, and we need that again. We need that for two more games. But again, I, I genuinely just believe this is the best team. Uh, that includes the AFC teams. And I, I, listening to some other podcasts, it does seem like the Packers are the heavy favorites, but I feel like they're not the heavy favorites of the four. It seems like the, most of the 
the media has started to look at the AFC teams as the real powerhouses here, and that uh, it's it's sort of, I don't know exactly how they would rank it, but the fact that they're kind of torn on who wins between the Chiefs and the Bills um, feels like it's probably Chiefs, then Bills, then Packers, then um, Tampa. Now, with that being said, Vegas is starting to look at this with the uh, focus on the Packers being the best team. And again, I just I just agree. And I, and I, and again, I I feel like I'm extremely extremely honest with with all of you. I'm not going to say this if I don't believe it. And I'm telling you flat out they might lose. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. I'm just looking at the information and saying this is the better team. And it's largely because they're the most well-rounded. I, one of the th- biggest things I've been looking at is you got to be good in all phases. You don't have to be, but it's very important that you're good in, in on, on offense and defense, I should say. Special teams hopefully isn't as big of a factor because we suck there. There's your brutal honesty. So I promise I'm not begging for money here, but my computer legitimately just crashed and I lost about <laughs> the last. Uh, it just, I mean, it just it just shut down. So I, I have to stop. Um, there's some things that I added here. I don't know exactly what I what I left off, what I missed, but uh, before it does that again, I, I'm I'm on the verge of getting out of here at a reasonable time for once, and I'd like to keep it that way. So whatever I left off, I left off. I was getting a little too sappy at the end there anyway, so we'll just leave that as it is. I guess I'll summarize by saying I, I've I've it's been a pleasure to get to know uh, how great the community is, and I've had the first hand. I know I know this is completely random, but there was like 15 more minutes of talking about football, and then it somehow got into this, but. Um, it's a great community, and I'm I'm grateful to be a part of it. So <laughs> that sounds so random. What the last? I just clicked like what was the last thing I said? Some of, oh special teams. I don't I don't know special teams, but uh, yeah. Also, thank you for everything. But again, I gotta get out of here before this thing just randomly shuts off on me again because that's annoying. I'm glad that it saved like 49 minutes of this podcast. That's crazy. I was really scared. I started saving it, but I saved it a while ago. I should just start doing this on the laptop. That would be. I don't want to, but. I might just need to start doing that. Anyways, folks, you folks have yourselves, folks, 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 have yourselves a great day. Again, I want to say thank you to everybody that's ever, for any reason, supported the podcast, whether that's on Patreon, whether it's a Venmo donation, a, you know, any kind of donation, whether you've given me stuff. I've had people send me wood carvings and microphones, and uh, I've got people that help out with the podcast, you know, running my Instagram, running the Flick Chat community, running all kinds of stuff for me just because. Um... Again, if you're not a part of it, even if you're an introvert, it's it's good. I mean, it gets a little little dicey when things get political, which is kind of what I was mentioning. Is let's let's stop with that. All right, we all we all get along. We all know that each other are not evil, horrible human beings. So let's stop putting each other in that stupid box because the media says we're supposed to. If they think differently than you, then they're evil. No, we're not. You know that that we're not, right? You talk to them every single day. They might be wrong about stuff, but they're not evil. Let's stop with that. Good people, very good people. Great community. Glad to be a part of it. Oh, I admit that was the whole special season thing. That's right. I've talked about special season a thousand, but that's what I missed. That's how I got there, right? Special. Okay, now I remember. Breadcrumbs. Anyways, have a great day. I gotta go. Bye bye.